Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. On The Advertising Show, it's being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth, a jam-packed couple of hours, and we hope that you've got the time uh, to spend with us here. We've got uh, just a few moments away. Patrick Meyer talking about the power of a woman. And Brad, I think you and I both know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Jaffe's with us here, uh, and a little bit of a post-holiday holiday card from Joe. Hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Gittimer is uh, kind of setting us up here for the beginning of the year. If you don't already know, you should be the best you can be. Hmm. That's not the Army slogan anymore, I guess. <laughs> Andy Borowitz is with us, too. Uh, and uh, let's see, uh, we're going to a little bit later, uh, actually next hour, we're going to talk about uh, hog manure and the <laughs> disadvantages of smelling that. And, of course, this hour we feature uh, advertising. We'll yeah. join uh, join Alex Van Block, our special guest, as well. Uh, this hour and next, Alex is a columnist for Television Week magazine, has a radio, a national public radio, a radio show, I should say, on a national public radio in Southern California. Also, my goodness, he's, uh, as we said before, Brad, he's been in every market that I've been in, uh, <laughs> with the exception of Southern California, which is fine. So <laughs> uh, what are you up to? Well, I don't know. I tell you, every every time we have uh, Alex on the show, which is once every few months, uh, we've got so much to cover. We're going to be able to hopefully uh, cover it all. Super Bowl. We've got the Olympics coming up. We've got the uh, Consumer Electronics Show that just uh, took place, and you know anything and everything you want to talk about uh, television. You know, you can, I'm yet to stump this guy. How about you, Ray? Uh, he can't be stumped. No, he should yeah. go on Jeopardy. I'm sure he'd do good. <laughs> yeah, it really would. You know, and I'm hope, hoping be to confusing uh, Alex. Yes, Alex. What? <laughs> yeah, that's true. The uh, you know we just had the Golden Globes earlier this week. I'm sure he'll have some uh, comment about that. I know he attended the uh, the after parties at the uh, Golden Globes as he always does. And to, you've got to uh, be somebody special to be able to do that, don't you? Bro? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to talk to Alex today. And uh, Coors Light, uh, one of the uh, Related topics of what we'll be talking to uh, Alex about. Coors Light will be presenting, uh, will be the presenting sponsor, Ray, of the NFL Network 60 hours of live coverage of Super Bowl 40 uh, in Detroit. It's the first time that the NFL Network has sold a presenting sponsorship for its Super Bowl coverage. A presenting sponsor, Coors Light, uh, will get customized open and closes uh, for the uh, program along with uh, set lo- uh, exposure with the NFL Total Access program, which is their flagship show, uh, sponsorship of the News of the Day from Detroit, as, all, as well as a uh, tagged two-in, uh, tune-in, I should say, promos in the weeks uh, leading up to the uh, Super Bowl. So Coors Light, uh, a great player here with the uh, NFL uh, Network will also sponsor NFL-related press coverage during Super Bowl week and a five-hour game uh, pregame uh, show on Super Bowl Sunday, wow. along with the requisite six hours of coverage for the Super Bowl Media Day. So I got to tell you, Coors, uh, Coors is getting involved in the uh, Super Bowl as it relates to at least the NFL Network uh, uh, in a big way here. And as long as they don't change it to the NFL or the uh, the uh, uh, the Coors Light Bowl, I'll be yeah. happy with that, right? Yeah, exactly. 
let's uh, let's do this. Let's take a break here with uh, Patrick Meyer uh, on the advertising show. We'll come back here in just a minute, just a little while away from talking with our special guest uh, this weekend, Alex Benblock on the advertising show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about the power of a woman, but not in the traditional sense, the power of a woman at the cash register. An interesting phenomenon. Over the last five years, working with clients in different categories, it's amazing how often the woman is responsible for 65% of the purchase decisions or more for major brands across the country. In the car category, 65% of decisions. In financial services, in apparel, in college educations, in buying a home, in insurance, etc. The female, in many cases, is the predominant decision maker. Yet the paradox is, so often we market to the averages. A lot of marketers will just market to male and female as if they're identical. Yet their needs are different. I think back to one brand where a glass and the bottle didn't fit well in a woman's hand. And they would stop buying that particular brand. And yet if you talk to them, they would give you ideas on how to meet their needs and talk to them. Here's why you need to think differently about women and make them a priority, not a secondary target. They are predominant in the population size. They have longer longevity. They have the purchasing power, decision-making ability. They are also the gatekeeper for the rest of the family. They are the keeper of the home. They are the keeper of where the bulk of the decisions and spending is. So my friends, you need to think differently about women. Start by talking to them, listen to their needs, their particular needs, and their ideas. Then connect to their lifestyle. They're busy. They're not watching network TV. They're on the computer. They're on the Internet. They're watching cable. They're doing other things. Get to them in different ways. Third, understand their filters. They focus on processing information quickly through filters online. Celebrities like Oprah, word of mouth. They use different ways to filter through and make their decisions. So, my friends, the power of the woman is at the cash register. Make sure it's reflected in what you do. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. Uh, what he says is very true. Just it go ask true. your wife, okay? Yeah. She'll tell you. There's a there's a, a PGA Tour pro and a, a writer for Golf Digest or Golf Magazine called David Faraday, and he's funny, funny, funny guy. He refers to his wife as she who must be obeyed. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like and, you know, uh, David Ogilvy made the popular uh, uh, statement many, many years ago, and for our younger listeners, uh, that's the guy that uh, founded Ogilvy Mather. But uh, in any event, David Ogilvy said, uh, uh, the consumer is not an idiot. She's your wife, and uh, he 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 coined that statement, and it's so true then, and it's more so true today in terms of, uh, as Patrick points out, the power of the uh, female consumer. Well, you really kissed up to your wife, good. I like that. That's wonderful. Hopefully, I can get her to tune in today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sweetie, are you listening? Okay. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Alex Ben Block on the way here in just a few moments on the advertising show. Got him for hour one and hour two. Hopefully, we have you too as well. Uh, Burger Burger King and McDonald's. You've got Ronald McDonald, who I thought they killed off. But apparently they didn't, mm-hmm. and he's taking on uh, Burger King's king, who, by the You're way, right. is a scary-looking character. He it, is. Have you seen the? Have you seen oh, the yeah. one where the king's riding along? He's like, oh, what is that? He's, but, he he doesn't seem that he would be that kid-friendly, but I no. guess they they should know better than me. I suppose. I mean, at least Ronald is smiling. This this guy looks like he has a glare in his eyes. Like, come here. Uh, not to be outdone <laughs> by the popularity of Burger King's plastic royal per, uh, percentage, the McDonald's is uh, 
hoping to get some marketing mileage out of its own clown prince, uh, Ronald McDonald. Uh, the, the Golden Arches new branding spots show how people interact with the life-size Ronald McDonald statues typically found in the restaurant. So you, Ronald's standing there. He's cute. He's big. But he, he at least looks good. So what they're doing is uh, uh, this is uh, P- TBWA Chai at Day. Uh, commercials aim to share how our customers relate to the world's most famous clown and the bond they have with our brand. And I think that's very true. I, absolutely. You think of McDonald's? You think of Ronald McDonald's? Oh, and the Golden Arches, too. Right. So that's kind of cool. But uh, in just a few moments, we'll be back. We've got Alex Ben Block on the way and a whole bunch more here in the advertising show, including a little bit later on this hour. Advertising. That's scary. Back in just a moment with more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. What's up? Dino's stolen the different vitamins we need to make Flintstones. Yabba-dabba-doo, yabba-dabba-doo. Flintstone vitamins are good to chew with vitamin A. Vitamin it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here on The Advertising Show, back and all energized to uh, to spend a couple hours here with Alex Ben Block, a very special friend of The Advertising Show and a columnist for Television Week. Alex, uh, welcome back to The Advertising Show. Always good to have you here. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, and uh, thanks, Alex. And uh, before we talk about the general award season, uh, which certainly is upon us, what were your thoughts on last Monday's uh, Golden Globes? Any surprises there for you? Well, I think in terms of the Oscar race, we're seeing that this is going to be a year of independent movies. And in terms of ratings and hype for the show, that may not be good news for ABC. Uh, We know that when the movies are the kind of play the specialty houses, that uh, those telecasts are less popular than, say, uh, the year Titanic, which was a huge commercial hit, was also an Oscar favorite. They have the highest ratings ever. So uh, Brokeback Mountain is getting some play in uh, middle America, more than expected. But uh, that uh, and even it, uh, even a few of the others uh, certainly don't look like the kind of wide releases that uh, have helped the Oscars in recent years. So any particular network, there, uh, cable network or broadcast network, that walked away with the most awards that you, you feel? Well, you know, uh, clearly uh, ABC had a great night. Uh, Desperate Housewives lost uh, the win uh, for the uh, wonderful Gina Davis for Commander-in-Chief. This was a fabulous night for ABC. Uh, I think also you had a single out Showtime. Their win uh, for uh, Weeds uh, for Mary Louise Parker was for them a great moral victory. And considering that she was in a category with the four desperate housewives actresses was kind of a stunning surprise to most of the people yeah i noticed that and uh you know speaking of networks uh the success of uh, my name is earl in the office certainly the office got some uh, attention last night both of those uh, on a personal note both of those particular uh comedy uh, network series are couple of my favorites this past They're season incredibly good so were the original ones too as well brad uh, like yeah out of uh, britain i, I agree Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And I was curious, you know, uh, we've been hearing a lot about and see promos on the network that NBC is moving both of these shows to Thursday night. I'm, I'm curious, do you think that uh, NBC will be uh, returning to its uh, must-see TV Thursday night magic? It's hard to believe they're going to get back to the dominance they once enjoyed, uh, but with uh, friends and, and the lineup they had. 
including Seinfeld, but I think it's a much more competitive environment now. But it's nice to see that there is still life in NBC and that they can be competitive uh, in a much more meaningful way. I thought they made a big mistake when they started the fall with the same lineup from last year, which had already been underwhelming. And uh, in some cases, I've been proven right. But in the case of The Office, I'm probably wrong, because The Office, it turns out, is a show that has built its audience and, uh, and really built a loyal following. And it's becoming a real hit now and probably will be sustained for a while. You know, staying with NBC, uh, Book of Daniel, it seems to be NBC's version of Desperate Housewives. I don't know. What, what, how are the ratings on uh, Book of Daniel doing so far? And what are your thoughts on the program in general? Well, you know, Book of Daniel is clearly a very controversial show. The ratings have been okay, but not great. And part of it has been that affiliates in certain parts of the country uh, where there's a conservative viewership uh, have refused to run the show, saying that it's some sort of blasphemy. Because remember, there's a character here who uh, looks like Jesus Christ, who uh, follows him around and talks to him. And so that alone makes it controversial. So uh, I think Book of Daniel is refreshing in that it's daring and challenging. It has some interesting ideas in it, and I find uh, the actors and the, and the writing really quite compelling a lot of the time. But uh, in terms of ratings, it's going to continue to be a challenge. You know, uh, staying with uh, cable, and you mentioned HBO for a moment, uh, I hadn't heard much buzz about the upcoming debut of uh, HBO's sixth season of The Sopranos uh, until just recently when I guess David Chase, uh, creator of The Sopranos, uh, mentioned that uh, it's all going to be coming to an end soon. Bring us up to date on that, Alex. Well, right now, uh, or in the past month of January, uh, the nation's television critics have been meeting in Los Angeles, as they do twice a year. And one of the presentations was by HBO, and they brought on David Chase, the creator and lead writer and really guiding spirit of The Sopranos, and the guy who is the boss of the bosses on that show. And, uh, and Chase did say that the upcoming, relatively short, I believe it's an eight-episode season, will be the finale for The Sopranos. And he was asked, what about doing a feature film based on The Sopranos? There's been a lot of talk about it. And uh, Chase and some of the others said they didn't think it would happen because the idea they had for the film is what turned out to be the final season. Hmm. Yeah, and, you know, uh, what, what other uh, TV series followed that same uh, suit where they decided to make a movie on that and it, it bombed recently? Uh, well, there have been a number. You know, the X-Files movie never lived up to its hype. Right. Uh, and there have been a number of other attempts. Uh, it's, uh, it's not an easy thing to translate uh, to the big screen, uh, you know, especially when you do it right at the end of a run of a series. So you don't see it that often. Yeah, I don't recall any uh, standout movie version of a successful TV uh, series. Ray, do we have a few minutes left here? Yeah, we got a couple of minutes, Brad. You know, Starbucks, uh, Alex, recently signed its first deal to promote a movie, but... Uh, uh, you know, it, it's questionable exactly how long the, that whole relationship will last. The big coffee drinker certainly uh, a great uh, venue, I think, for selling uh, DVDs and certainly just a, as a channel for distribution of entertainment with the large number of outlets that they have. But what's is Starbucks uh, changing their business model? What's going on here? Well, it's a uh, uh, promotional mechanism. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a promotional <laughs> mechanism uh, in which people can essentially rent the system from Starbucks so that their promotion can be on the walls, on the cups, on the napkins, in the material. And, uh, and then also, as you mentioned, they've had success selling music and are likely to begin selling 
uh, or if we haven't already, DVDs of movies and uh, music videos and so forth. Smart idea. So for them, it's really about expanding the brand, increasing the revenue from those units. I mean, you can only charge uh, 5 or $10 for a cup of coffee. Eventually, people do uh, have some limit, so they have to find other ways to make money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with think uh, that 5 or 10 bucks a cup would be okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. Well, with the four or five, six thousand outlets they have, certainly uh, not wasting the uh, high traffic that they have of consumers coming in and out of that outlet uh, daily. And I think it's frankly a smart move. It'll be interesting to see if they can stay with their core competency and uh, and their core uh, brand and not lose uh, what they're known for as they uh, uh, broaden their product offering here but, a bit. But really, I mean, getting into selling DVDs or even music uh, CDs, I don't know that that's really getting away from their brand, is it? Well, well uh, you know, I think it's capitalizing on their brand to some extent. Mm-hmm. But they got to hope is that the public doesn't follow the advice of Jim Carrey, the actor, who said he's cut down from eight cups of coffee a day to <laughs> one cup because he thinks America is over-caffeinated. Oh, really? You know, I I tend to agree with that. Do you really? Over-caffeinated. You know, a couple cups in the morning, that should be enough. I suppose. I see people drink it all day long. In the end of the evening, it's a little bit much, I think. Yeah. It's not just coffee. It's Coca-Cola and other kinds of candy and other stuff. It's all loaded with candy. That's right. It's all oh, about yeah. the experience as well, going to Starbucks, uh, too. And, and one of the most popular new categories for drinks are these energy drinks, like Red Bull. Oh, yeah. It's just loaded with caffeine. Oh, yeah. yeah. And calories. Which is good. We have uh, Alex Ben Block, columnist for Television Week magazine. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know Alex, and uh, we're so happy to have him back uh, this hour and next hour on the Advertising Show. Go to theadvertisingshow.com. You'll find some great things there, and it's made possible by our friends at shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com, and a thing called Tenancy that really uh, gives you some good flexibility with your uh, with your website. So go to shipple.com, ask about Tenancy, and... Uh, and tell them it's a part of the advertising show, too, with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Back in just a minute with more. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. In order for you to be the best you can be for others, first, You have to be the best person you can be for yourself. If you want to be the best salesperson, first you got to be the best person. If you want to be the best dad or the best mom, first you have to be the best person you can be for yourself. When you achieve best for yourself, then and only then can you be your best for others. Now, I know it's got a kind of a selfish twinge to it, but if you think about it long enough, you're going to come to realize that your shortcomings in all of your endeavors stem from the fact that you're not being the best person you can be for yourself. You know, I hear a lot of people say in conversations to one another, I gave you the best years of my life. What would you do that for? They were the best years. Why wouldn't you keep them for yourself? You see, if you focus on being your best person first, you're not making a sacrifice for anybody else. You're giving them the blessing of you. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. 
And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say... This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. We here at the ad agency feel this commercial is provocative, motivating, and really classroom. Now, what do you think, sir? Only one shoe? Forshine makes over 256 It's the advertising styles. show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth, back with our special guest out of California, Alex Van Block, columnist for Television Week. And Alex, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Red and Bray. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's always a pleasure, and uh, you're such a wealth of knowledge, and it's always uh, not enough time and so much to cover here, Alex. Uh, uh, no secret, CBS uh, Chair uh, Moonves, uh, Les Moonves, has quietly been wooing, I wouldn't say quietly, but certainly he's been wooing NBC's Katie Couric to replace uh, Rather as anchor of CBS Evening News. I've got my uh, speculation on this. Well, bring us up to date on... Where, the, where we are with that, if you know, and just what are your thoughts on whether uh, Kirk stays at uh, the Today Show and or makes the move? Well, we know that CBS, since uh, Dan Rather retired, has been using Bob uh, Schieffer, and he's actually improved the ratings a little bit, and he's stabilized the situation, so there's no panic over there. But what Les Moonves is upset about is that the average age of viewers for TV evening newscast is about 60 years old or older. And if you don't believe it, take a look at the commercials that run during those shows, because <laughs> clearly that tells you who the audience is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'd like to bring that average age down. So they've looked at a lot of different things, and one of them is he'd love to hire Katie Couric. And he believes that uh, she would bring a different uh, approach and that she would bring a younger audience with least sample the show. Unfortunately for CBS, Ms. Couric remains under contract to NBC, at least through May of this year. And as recently as a couple of weeks ago, she came out and said... I absolutely am not talking to CBS right now. I have a contract with NBC, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to continue at NBC. And, uh, and the rumors are that actually NBC continues to offer more money, as much as $5 million per year more. We're up here in the $15 million nosebleed category of salaries. Wow. Uh, the, uh, NBC has said they'll top any CBS offer by as much as $5 million to keep her services because the Today Show continues to be this huge money machine and the hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue coming in every year and it's remained number one for quite a while mm-hmm. so at this point the betting is miss kirk will stay with the peacock and that the cbs eye is going to blink on this one i certainly uh, hope she does they do such a great job in the morning hope nobody hires matt lauer away <laughs> yeah you know i'm gonna go out on i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that uh kirk takes the cbs job because of a lifestyle change and affords her some time with her children uh uh, young children of uh, school age, and and uh, from a from a personal standpoint, she had the loss of her husband not so many years ago, and I think uh, I think there's an interest in some personal uh, family matters that may override that, and it, it won't come down to money, but it'll come down to uh, uh, personal time and and uh, family time. But you know, time will tell. We'll see if I'm right. Uh, do you feel Mark Burnett's reality series, The Contender, will do any better over at uh, ESPN versus where they originate on NBC? Well, I think the expectations are going to be different, and on that level, I think it will be more successful. This was never a show that was going to attract a wide female audience. Very male-dominated, and network television prime time is mostly about getting a female audience. So it was going against the tide. On ESPN, at least, it is what it is, and the audience is there looking for it, 
and they can deliver a very specific demo. So if you want to sell men who need a, a shave beer, you know where to go. Alex, we're all a big fan of uh, Two and a Half Men, uh, a powerful show. I know Brad likes it, and I know I like it as well. I'm trying to figure out the uh, I'm trying to figure out the show with uh, the Henry Winkler show. I don't even recall the name of it. it was this, I guess a Monday evening or something like that? Do you know what what show I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I do know. I'm trying to remember the title, but. Uh... It is uh, fairly successful. It's gotten out of the gate pretty quickly. I know what you're talking about. It's, I think it's called Out of Practice or something like that. And he is, uh, I just don't see him as being a credible, I thought he was a great director and obviously great as Fonzie, but he is, uh, I don't know, it's just, it doesn't hit me as a successful television show, so I'm surprised to hear you say that. Well, no, the show has stayed on. Look at a lot of the new shows that started in the fall have already been canceled, and this show's uh, renewed at least through the end of this year. Mm-hmm, Okay. You know, speaking of uh, new shows, these mid-year uh, releases that are taking place uh, here soon, what, it seems to me, uh, if I'm uh, in a new program, it would actually be to my benefit to be showcased during a mid-season release as opposed to with all the competition in the fall. Is there any strategy there on showcasing new programs? I think that uh, it is smarter to have a smaller number of shows that you can promote more and if you're uh, a network that has a big sporting event, uh, football, for instance, or in the case of NBC, the Olympics, you can use those shows and the shows around them to help promote your primetime lineup. And so absolutely it can make sense. Well, you set up a great question regarding uh, sports. Uh, CNN reported that 30-second spots for uh, ABC are now selling at $2.5 million, uh, which uh, will be a record price for the Super Bowl ads beginning uh uh, next season, or the, or the upcoming season, ABC uh, will no longer be airing NFL games with uh, its longtime Monday Night Football franchise moving to its sister cable network, ESPN. So it looks like uh, shaping up to be a very profitable farewell to football for uh, ABC, don't you think, Alex? It is, indeed. Uh, certainly the Super Bowl is going to be a tremendous bonanza for them. But, you know, in a, in a difficult year, football has held up very well across the board. If you look at both the pro and college numbers, they really sustain the levels that people kind of expected and hoped for. And in a very uncertain world uh, with, you know, ad skipping and so forth, this is the kind of programming that's very hard to skip the ads. If it's fourth down and the score is close, you're not leaving the set, even if there's an ad on. Sure. So uh, that's very powerful for advertisers at a time that a lot of the scripted programmings are seeing uh, so much ad skipping. So I think that uh, the prognosis is good. I think one of the most interesting deals is Fox taking over the BCS. Beginning in early 2007, all of those big BCS games, including the new BCS Bowl game, are going to be part of Fox. And I think that uh, they've shown that when they get involved, that they bring a very powerful presence to these uh, situations. Back in just a minute here on The Advertising Show, and more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Oh, you need pop, pop, pop. You make a puffer nutter. Marshmallow pop and lots of peanut butter. First you spread, spread, spread. Right about this time in the show is when we take our energy break with a fluffer nutter. Mm-mm. Mm. Good. Yes, mm. thank you very much. <laughs> 
Uh, Alex Ben Block is always great, and because he has so much to say, we've got him back for hour number two here on the Advertising Show, and just a little ways away from our uh, advertising feature this week. Can you tease it a little bit, Brad? Can you tell well, us a little bit about what it is? I will only say that it's uh, unlike any advertising we've had in the past. Unlike, I mean, not even close to anything that we've reported on in the past four and a half years. That's a generic kind of a tease. Well, thank, well, thank you very much. You'll just have to hold tight for that. Hey, Ray, you know, it's no secret. Uh, we have uh, thousands of listeners listening worldwide through uh, the AdvertisingShow.com, through uh, both uh, MP3 as well as uh, streaming, and now with our podcast and RSS feeds. And, you know, Apple may be known for developing products that are user-friendly, but uh, when it comes to the uh, iPod, I think uh, some some are thinking it might be a, a bit challenging. There's a company in the U.K. called Selfridges, uh, which is a U.K. department store. I may be mispronouncing that. If you're in the U.K., you can correct me. Uh, they apparently have found that there are enough people who are iPod challenged to merit an iPod survival course. The store <laughs> is scheduled to launch the tutorial course in late January. Sessions will run about 40 minutes. We will cover topics like creating playlists, downloading podcasts, installing and deleting videos, and tactics for using iTunes. And the cost uh, for the tutorial is $150 per, $150. per session. Bucks. Yeah, I mean, you okay. would think they'd do it for free to be able to sell more. But you gotta, i got to tell you, at 100, the last, last word I heard was 100 iPods are sold every minute. I don't know. You really need to promote that uh, uh, selling. So they're they're offering a, a class, and apparently I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a bunch of people showed up at that department store. Selfridges, uh, S-E-L-F-R-I-D-G-E-S, however you would pronounce that. Selfridges. I would say that because, yeah, that, there's a Selfridge Air Force Base in Detroit that I'm familiar yeah. with. So that's and, you know, as I said, uh, worldwide audience like to give a shout-out to my uh, new friend George in South uh, Korea, agency guy over there, uh, what they call that an expat that uh, lived in the U.S. for many years. I've been communicating him through, with him through uh, email, and that's all I'm going to say. George. George. Hi, hi, George. Well, you get an email from South Korea, and his name is George. You think, okay. <laughs> and my name is, uh, you know, something Fu else. Young. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but he's an expat and uh, worked in the agency business. Now he's doing some work over in uh, South, South Korea. Korea. Interesting sweet. world over there. I Better than say. North Korea, George, huh? Yes, that's true. Yeah, good. Stay <laughs> in South Korea, pal. And uh, stay away from that plutonium. There Please. was an interesting piece uh, on 60 Minutes uh, last Sunday on uh, uh, North Korea. i got to tell you, that's... Uh, you know, I guess I should I should know more about my international uh, uh, events, but uh, boy, they they get some weird stuff going on up there. In North yeah, they Korea. need to put a fence around it. One of those six foot privacy fences. I think there That's already it. is one. Oh, good. Well, build it's it called higher. the DMZ. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Expedia, <laughs> if you want to travel to South Korea to see George, uh, this yeah. is your opportunity. Uh, online travel agent Expedia.com has launched a national branding campaign. Uh, it ups its ante on the competitors, which is a good thing to do, I guess. Best price guarantee. Offering consumers a $50 coupon for future travel if they find a better price elsewhere. Uh, the Bellevue Washington Company said the best price guarantee was part of three new consumer centric initiatives, which include your personal trip guide and the Expedia Promise. They also have a new slogan Interpublic Group uh, Deutsch will handle the campaign, which includes television, print, and online components. All the ads will feature the uh, company's new slogan Enjoy Your Trip. That's the new slogan. Details of the uh, spend on the campaign are unknown. Expedia spent $90 million bucks in 2005 uh, on measured media, and uh, we believe the new initiatives, they say, 
will give customers even more compelling reasons to book travel with us. So, well, 10, 10 years I, old Expedias. Can you believe that? No, it doesn't seem that it would be that long, but I don't know about you, Ray, but uh, best price guarantees, I, I've never been a big fan of that. I think that they uh, they either make some consumers seek your competition to try to find a lower price or more than times than not, a consumer is not going to shop competitive to get some $50 voucher, and it doesn't really work. I think people want to experience the lowest price, and they don't want to have to shop everywhere, and it's an attempt to any company to try to get a uh, low-price image. But the way you get a low-price image is through offering your products or services at low prices, at not, price, through some, exactly. not through some guarantee. But you know, Also, well, a very small amount of those things are actually redeemed or followed through upon. True. So consequently... Uh, they can uh, <laughs> they can they can bank a lot of that money that they say they're going to give away, right? Yeah, and make the guarantee, make the guarantee, and not have to pay off that much. Because frankly, I'm not sure. You know, there's a, everybody's everybody's going to run into somebody that's going to be searching for a bargain. But that's uh, that's uh, the small people. They're going to go to that extra effort to to do that. Yeah, everybody wants good value, but it's just how many hoops you want them to jump through to find it. Exactly. So exactly. Okay, we'll be back with uh, with more on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe, the advertising. Show.com, great place to go for podcasts and RSS feeds, and uh, we'll be back with more in just a moment. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Oh, he was really funny tonight, wasn't he? Coffee? That's another funny joke. Oh, Mrs. Olson, I just can't make good coffee. Well, Mrs. Olson should have good told her to go to Starbucks then and buy some. <laughs> okay? That's true. Even the beans are better. Come on. The fact that they're eight bucks for a lousy package of beans is, is a problem I have, but that's okay. <laughs> have a nice day. <laughs> Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Every week we look at the upside and the downside of advertising. And, uh, well, there's a, there's a trend downward, actually, now. And now it's time for the Bad Advertising Item of the Week. Which is really sad, considering we've just begun a new year. Okay. True. So what do we got cooking? Well, uh, you asked me to tease it, and uh, I told you we'd never done one like this ever before. And how often do we do something that's on a personal note? Usually it's a ad campaign, a national campaign of some sort, or a particular ad that we're showcasing either in a good way or a not-so-good way. But how often do we talk about some personal experience, Ray? Uh, not, not that often. Yeah, Nothing probably like you could count it on your left hand in uh, four and a half years of doing this show. Right. Well, quick story. Uh, I had a flat tire in my wife's uh, Grand Cherokee. Okay. And I woke up the next morning, found out that I had a flat tire or that she had a flat tire. <laughs> in any event, uh, I decided <laughs> I had to had to change the tire. Okay. So pulled out the full, full-size spare and put it up against the uh, the wheel there, and the lugs did not match up with the brand-new Never before on the ground, full size spare. So, yeah. So I, uh, my wife did some legwork, called uh, Daimler Chrysler, and explained to them that obviously the factory had uh, misappropriated a uh, rim on the exact right tire, but uh, the wrong rim, and therefore it didn't fit up against the wheel. And uh, this car, by the way, was a, uh, a two thousand and uh, two thousand and four purchased in two thousand and four. Uh, and still under warranty from a three-year standpoint, but had just uh, gotten out of warranty from a, a mile standpoint about, uh, well, the week this happened, as a matter of fact. So we didn't get around to calling 
until it was uh, it had passed the I guess thirty six thousand mile uh, mark. So we called uh, Chrysler, and they basically my wife was on the phone three different calls, approximately fifteen minutes each. And I got to tell you, they, the people were pleasant on the phone. She reports, but basically they came back and they said. Uh, you know, we bought that uh, car as a, uh, a second owner, and even though the factory uh, uh, warranty went along with the vehicle, that uh, it was really the dealership that uh, should have checked everything out before oh, they resold really? that car. And they also said that uh, ultimately that we bought that car as is, and it wasn't their responsibility. So I called today. And, of course, who, who was our guest about a month and a half ago? Jeff Bell, Vice President, Chrysler Jeep Group. Did you uh, ask num- for him when you called? Well, I gotta, I, I, here's what I did ask. <laughs> I called the number. I was on hold for a few minutes, and I finally got to speak to someone. I asked about speaking to a supervisor. They said, uh, supervisors aren't available. They handle administrative matters. How can I help you? And I said, well, I just want to make sure that this is how you want to handle this. And I went through the story, and the lady said, uh, I have your reference number. I just pulled it up, and I'm sorry you've been declined, and there's nothing we can help you with. And I said, okay, and uh, here, here's the bottom line. Really? Chrysler Jeep spends a lot of money on branding. They, they, uh, we have been very happy with that vehicle. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jeep uh, and the product line. They make I a great. They make a great product. There's no. They do, about that. And, and the people on the on the phone were polite. Uh, that represented uh, the the folks at Jeep, and I asked the person if they worked for Jeep to find out if it was uh, maybe a separate uh, company that was representing them in the customer service area. And she repre- she said, "No, I am an employee South Korea, of actually, <laughs> yeah, India." Uh, I, they asked if I. She said that she's an employee. And uh, the bottom line here is that in spite of my uh, good experience with the vehicle and uh, second Jeep I've ever purchased, uh, my wife and I, uh, I will have second second thoughts about purchasing a, another Jeep in the future. Now, we're talking about a twenty thirty thousand dollars purchase, and we're talking about a rim that uh, cost how much? Uh, I could have been sent to the uh, Jeep dealer, and that could have been handled in short order, and it, and it was a very minor uh, uh, dollar figure that would have been exp- expensed uh, from Chrysler Jeep had they uh, held up to what I thought would yeah. be uh, uh, looking after a customer and their brand experience. And and this on a one-to-one basis, I think, are where brands are, are made or, or brands are created, and that's from the, cl- the customer's experience. And our experience in this particular case is an example of a experience that doesn't uh, line up with the millions of dollars that Chrysler Jeep spends in trying to create a brand for their uh, consumers because, as we've often said here on the show, and branding experts have said this over and over, uh, branding is not something that you advertise. It's not something that you create uh, with a logo or with a uh, advertising campaign. It's something that is experienced from the consumer standpoint on the many different touch points that they have to come back and experience your brand. And in this particular case, we had been having a good experience with the Chrysler Jeep brand, but now we get a chance for the Jeep themselves, the the factory, to deliver on a little hiccup that we've bumped up against that originated with the uh, with the factory. And what do they do? They say, "Sorry, we're not going to help you." Yeah. And good news travels fast. Bad news travels faster. And uh, yeah. there there it goes. That's uh, that's unfortunate. It's it sounds like to me that it's quite possible uh, that the dealership uh, possibly switched 
the tire. No, no, no. If you were to see this, you would see that the Jeep, uh, the we- the tire is the exact same tire as all the tires on the vehicle. Right. The, the uh, words Goodyear are blue. Uh, with that little powder on them, so as if it had come just from the uh, tire manufacturer. Sure. The actual uh, rim itself uh, is the generic black rim that uh, would have been on uh, any particular uh, brand-new uh, uh, spare tire, uh, generic-type uh, rim. Mm-hmm. And I can assure you that this is the uh, this mistake can easily be tracked back to the factory. It's obvious that the factory originated this problem, uh, and uh, there would be no reason why a dealer reselling a uh, a vehicle would go to all the trouble of taking a uh, yeah taking a, a, a tire off and putting it on a uh, the wrong rim so and what they could anyway. have done is said sir uh, what neighborhood are you in yeah what we're going to do is we're going to uh, if you can't get there we'll send somebody over but what we're going to do is uh, send you a new rim and you we can just swap it out that would even be there. that would have been acceptable i would have gone to the expense of doing that yeah uh real smart how if you don't care for your customers they don't like it very much, and uh, well, that uh, sometimes people blame advertising for a downturn in sales or customer service experiences, and, and for the most part, you can trace it right back to the place of business and the people who uh, didn't or did or didn't do their job. That's what regulates yep. us as well. You're right. Advertising Show, brought to you by Advertising News Magazine, back in a minute. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Our number two of The Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production as we continue our conversation with Alex Van Block, who is the columnist for Television Week magazine, and we've got a whole bunch more, too, here in just a few moments. It's Joe Jaffe, and uh, also Andy Borowitz coming up uh, this hour, along with uh, our executive producer, Bruce Abbott, the wacky world of marketing, too. So a lot of hundred reasons to, uh, to just kind of keep it right here on the Advertising Show. Glad you're uh, spending the weekend. We're almost uh, through another month. Seems like this year has taken off so quickly. It's incredible. And uh, it's been a good year, Brad. How about you? Well, yeah, I've uh, made it through another year, as we all have. And uh, I don't know about you, the holidays uh, came and have gone. And, uh, you know, uh, 2006 is shaping up to be a good year. And, uh, gosh, uh, what a great show with uh, Alex so far uh, with our number one in the can. And, uh Gosh, he, he, he is such a wealth of, of, of knowledge. I just can't, uh, and one, one of these days I'm going to ask him a question and he's going to say, I don't know, but I don't, I don't know, know when that's that, going to yeah, happen. Exactly. We're talking about cars last hour, Brad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and talking, well, let's switch from Daimler Chrysler to, uh, Pontiac, okay? All right. It's just up the road a piece in Michigan. Uh, <laughs> the, there's a new micro series, uh, for the Torrent SUV, uh, which is airing. It, it may herald a trend of marketers pairing with networks to build brand recognition and viewer loyalty via, uh, via what's called a potboiler entertainment. Hmm. Have you heard of that before? No. What is that? Well, it says the, the, the courier, it's about a man desperately trying to find his kidnapped wife, that sounds like a TV show, will air in one-minute episodes each night for a week. Okay? Well, I did hear about that now that you say that. Yeah, CBS, and, isn't it? Exactly. And yeah. will it be available on the network's website as well, where it can be downloaded to a cell phone 
the torrent will appear in three of the episodes and will be shown in ads after each episode. So that's kind of a new way of reaching consumers. And it might be, uh, you know, to replace your Jeep, uh, you might, <laughs> might want to watch that and, and see what it's all about. Well, you know, hats off for uh, Pontiac to do something different and uh, CBS for creating the environment to do do such. I think it's a good idea, and it's all about uh, combating, I guess, new technology and the TiVo-like devices and uh, the zapping of, of commercials. Certainly that's where product placement uh, originated or the return of yeah. uh, in overcoming that issue, and this is just another example of that. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. I hope to catch that, but with it being only one minute, Ray, we've got to be – I guess watching, huh? Uh, that would be true. Yeah. And th- this product placement thing, people are thinking that, you know, it's uh, uh, trying to trick people into watching ads. It's not what it's all about. It's like you said just a moment ago, overcoming new technology and finding a way to reach consumers that were a little bit easier to reach, say, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Got to yep. do some new stuff. And you can well, do that as a local advertiser as well. I read something in uh, one of these uh, newsletters that I get that this uh, person, uh, Mr. Smart Guy, that's going to make projection uh, predictions for 06, agreed with much of what he said, not when he said, uh, I wish I had his name, I could mention it on the air, but in any event... Um, he said that the product placement was going to uh, make its way into the uh, history books and it would uh, eventually uh, go away in 06. i got news for this guy. It's about being relevant. It's yeah. about being, you know, more, uh, you know, it's just in its infancy, I think. You, you'll you'll find that product placement will become more relevant. It'll be more integrated into the content of the program and the environment that it's in. But uh, going away, I don't think so. You know, a long time ago, do you recall when they first launched uh, the brand, uh, Saturn brand? They actually run uh, 20, 30-minute uh, commercials, very laid back, very uh, uh, ethereal type stuff. I thought they were really cool, talking about the where the car was made, all, all the things that, that, that make up the car. Uh, yep. I thought it was pretty cool. So they were kind of on the leading edge of that. Let's uh, let's take a break here, and uh, we'll take a break with Joe Jaffe on The Advertising Show. If you dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view, join us now for a different perspective. Featuring author and new marketing consultant, Joseph Jaffe. Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, everybody. The holidays have always been a very interesting time when one thinks about the fact that everybody takes a break. Everybody retires from the act of being in the business of business. And I'm certainly not advocating that we need to gratuitously think about selling, even when sending out a holiday card. But this year, I definitely noticed a change in the old wind direction. What I noticed this year was, especially with the help of new marketing, a lot of companies broke through the clutter by engaging in what I thought was truly differentiated and creative holiday cards. For example, there was the holiday card that showed all employees of different offices around the world in a snow globe. You could move the snow globe, shake it around, and you would actually see all the people in the different offices moving around as well. It seemed cutesy, but it was a really effective way of this particular agency saying, we're truly global, and of course we understand technology. Then there was the agency that allowed different people to create their own holiday ornaments and stick them on a tree. And you can go back to that tree at any point in time and see your ornament there and other ornaments in the process. Those are just two of many different examples, but I think ones that underscore one of the most fundamental premises, not just of new marketing, 
but old marketing as well, which is never waste an opportunity to brand and never waste an opportunity to sell. This has been A Different Perspective, featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 30-Second Spot. To learn more, log on to GetTheJuice.com. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show, and I, I think that's really true, Brad. Um, people are having to do different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get as many uh, uh, Christmas cards as we used to, but we do get different kinds of things in the mail uh, and uh, via, via email as well. Right. Uh, I think it's kind of uh, kind of neat when people think a little bit differently there. So yeah, and I and I I can't uh, I just wanted to say we still get every year sometimes in September or August I don't know where it is a big old package of Christmas cards from this company that prints these things and it's like their business has got to be way off I mean way way <laughs> off they need to be thinking a little bit differently they they send you Christmas cards. They send Christmas cards and they say, "Which ones do you want to put your name on this oh, year and I send see out?" What you're and yeah. and yeah. we promptly throw that hefty package. I'm sure it costs right. them a couple of bucks to send, uh, you know, in the round file, and uh, go on with something a little bit different. Kind of makes you wonder uh, about direct marketing and and how that's uh, working out with the advent of uh, the internet and just you know email and and uh, opting in for newsletters and. Consumers being able to seek out information and not having to go to their mailbox to, you know, be hit with, uh, you know, the latest, greatest direct mail piece or catalog or whatever. I think there's a lot of great new ways to reach people like that. <laughs> yeah. One would be just to pick up the phone. That's a concept, but uh, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So um, that's that. We, we yeah. have just, uh, just a few seconds here before we uh, get back with uh, Alex Ben Block on the advertising show, and we certainly hope that you'll uh, stay with us for a whole bunch more later on this hour. It's Andy Borowitz in the Wacky World of Marketing uh, coming up uh, shortly here. I'm just waiting for the music to start. There it is. <laughs> yeah, well, good ad lib there, Ray. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Ed Schiphol and his crew in the Houston market, uh, our home base, is a great source uh, for web marketing. It's Schiphol.com, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And uh, look into something called Tendency if you're looking to market your business just a little bit better. Uh, go check it out, shipple.com. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth back in just a minute with Alex Ben Block, the king of television. That's his new title. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. some most happy fellas, the four lads for Ford. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by. On the advertising show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our uh, special guest segment with a, a good friend of the advertising show and always a wealth of knowledge, Alex Ben Block, columnist for Television Week. Alex, welcome back to the advertising show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and last hour we were talking sports and finished up the uh, segment talking about the Super Bowl. Just to continue with that for a quick second, and then we'll jump into some new topics here. Alex, uh, you know, the Super Bowl and the Olympics here side-by-side upcoming. Uh, Curious if, uh, you know, it it would appear to me that uh, advertisers, many could be holding out for the Olympics where their money seems to get a little bit more mileage, a little more cost-effective as opposed to the flash in the pan that the uh, Super Bowl provides. I'm curious, do, do you feel that the advertisers, or I'm sorry, that those two venues, the Super Bowl and the Olympics, can find a way to coexist among advertisers during the same season? 
Well, you know, they're sold rather differently. The Olympics is sold well in advance, and most of the advertisers buy huge packages that often include endorsements and uh, multi-platform kind of situations, corporate things for tickets and travel and all kinds of stuff that uh, wouldn't come into play to the same extent at the Super Bowl. And certainly there's corporate packages and travel with the Super Bowl as well. But remember, the Super Bowl is one event in one day, and the Olympics goes on for a couple of weeks. And so the opportunities to do things to promote different venues, to be very targeted in who you go after, are uh, much greater. So I think the Olympics is actually a bigger piece of business. Yeah, I think it certainly should be. Yet uh, I I agree. The uh, Super Bowl, you know, it's one of those programs that people actually pay attention to the commercials. And a lot of our listeners may not realize that advertisers sometimes, uh, or not sometimes, often, pay a premium to be in the uh, early quarters and, and position uh, their spots for a particular uh, play within the game as opposed to just the luck of the draw. But uh, anyway, it'll be interesting. I think people pay more attention to commercials during the Super Bowl than any other time, and certainly that in itself, as well as the publicity that you get with uh, with being an advertiser in the Super Bowl, is, uh, I think, worth uh, the 2.5 that it's currently going for. Let's jump into uh, consumer electricity. You know, the, uh, the Super Bowl is not just football. It's also the Super Bowl of advertising. And every year, this is where the biggest, most expensive commercials battle it out and get the most attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. And, you know, we can all remember uh, Apple in 1986 with their uh, debut. And uh, uh, our argument, and it, I think we've seen changes in this regard recently, our argument has always been, why do you not air that spot beyond its high-reach uh, environment of the Super Bowl? A lot of times an advertiser... Uh, and their agency create a spot for the Super Bowl. It's a one-time shot. You never see it again. More recent years, I think we've seen a continuation of a, of a, a commercial that was uh, created specially for the Super Bowl continue beyond the Super Bowl, which I think is wise on behalf of the advertiser. Let's talk a little bit about Consumer Electronics Show uh, recently. I know you attended uh, in, the, in the wake of the Consumer Electronics Show, usually a free-for-all for, for uh, consumer attention, but uh, this past one had a little bit different uh, different slant on things, didn't it? You know, CES, or the Consumer Electronics Show, arguably one of the biggest conventions in the United States, more than 100,000 people pour into Las Vegas for this particular event, and there's acres and acres of demonstrations of new electronic devices and everything imaginable, and usually it's dominated by companies like Sony and Philips and Panasonic and Toshiba, but this year their big spotlight was on two outsiders, Yahoo and Google, who announced initiatives that moved them into the television business in a lot of new ways. And, and of course, that has a big impact on advertising, on how research is done, and on much more. And interestingly, while the electronics companies bet billions, Yahoo and Google are actually uh, not betting that much, but they have a lot to gain, and they could really rake in the revenues. Well, what should we expect to see out of Yahoo and Google as it relates to television? Well, they want to be another way to watch television. Instead of just watching CBS or NBC or cable television, they also want you to think about going to Yahoo television. Uh, short form, long form. As the technology improves, the picture on your computer and the ability to move those pictures to your living room TV with ease, as well as to move them to portable devices like iPods and uh, cell telephones, uh, we're going to see an increasing phenomenon here where instead of just watching one thing, there will be broadband channels, there will be Yahoo channels, and we'll have many, many choices. So. Uh, if you wanted to watch the red carpet at the uh, Golden Globes, uh, you didn't have to just watch it on TV. There was also a all-broadband channel presented by E! Entertainment Television. And there are many, many of these channels launching, and uh, Yahoo and 
Google are both leaders in, in this whole video movement. You know, it will be interesting. We've talked about uh, Internet-based TV for some time now, and it looks like it's finally becoming a reality. I know it's been talked about for more than just a few years. Uh, shifting gears for a moment, to back to programming. Alex, uh, Ford, Coke, and uh, Singular Wireless are all returning sponsors of American Idol. Anything new or exciting about these uh, sponsorship deals you can share with us, Alex? Well, American Idol is getting premium prices because they proved last year when people uh, – thought, well, maybe this is just a short-term phenomena, and they came on stronger than ever, that this is a very powerful show, and each season, each year, at least at this point, you have to figure it's going to be a dominant factor in the ratings, and really for Fox Broadcasting, this is the beginning of their year in a whole different way. Uh, they exist from September to January, kind of trying not to get hurt too bad, but come this time of year with 24, which is at a phenomenal opening their uh, stunted uh, Monday, Tuesday, multi-hour opening, got huge ratings numbers. One one night came in second this, the other night. Uh, this is very powerful now with American Idol. So Fox Broadcasting really now will be battling with CBS for dominance in the ratings, and ABC and NBC could well get hurt. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I also read recently where I believe there's some uh, Internet uh, uh, website uh, tie-in with the uh, – American Idol launch this year, a new product offering for them. Do you know anything about that? Uh, I don't. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I don't have it at my fingertips either. Sorry to put you on the spot. Let's shift to uh, TV's favorite uh, talk show, Lesbian. No, should I say that? I can't say that. Rosie O'Donnell. She told reporters last week, uh, Alex, no surprise to you that she was interested in appearing in another television show. I'm curious, uh, what venue do you th expect to see Rosie return in? Well, you know, she was, in her day, a big success in syndicated television. But the person who was on that show and the person who exists now seem to be almost two different people. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she clearly would like to get back into the game, and I think she'll be looking to the very, very lucrative syndication market as her vehicle once again, because there's no place she can make more money, no place she can have greater control, no place she can uh, have her say the way she wants to say it. And I think, uh, considering her temperament, that's probably the only way she can do business. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, <clears throat> people's sexual preference aside for a moment, I think when you uh, when you change your persona uh, as the public has come to know you uh, and begin to air your personal uh, lifestyle and personal choices uh, in the same venue that you. Uh, had the had the had the honor and the privilege of working in uh, this being television, I think it uh, it runs a, a big risk. And I think if she did return, Alex, there might be some question if she could command the same following she once had. What are your thoughts? I absolutely agree with you. And I felt that when she ended her show, and then so quickly seemed to change her whole persona, the way she looked, the way she acted, the things she said, and even kind of openly admitting that she'd put on the the nice lady and the mom stuff just for the television show, and that wasn't really what she was about. I think now people are on to her, and I don't think that she's going to get the same response. You know, and a, uh, a good you know, example... have to figure out a way to make it very entertaining and to really build a great show around her, because I think uh, there is a lot of ill will about the way the thing was handled, about her arrogance at the end, that, and I think it was shown in the failure of her magazine in such a horrible, messy way. Well, I, you know, yeah. that's uh, comparing her to, uh, to Ellen. She certainly well, hasn't had a problem with uh, success beyond... Uh, who she was before, so to speak, to the audience. Exactly. Our, our special guest is uh, Alex Ben Block, columnist for uh, Television Week magazine, and we'll have Alex for one more segment here on the Advertising Show. 
I have to say that the uh, next segment, Brad, is going to stink a little bit. So uh, it's all <laughs> Clear about the room. It's something about hog manure. And, uh, uh, so and by the way, guys, I got to tell you, the series is called Out of Practice that Henry Winkler is on. Ah, we got it's it. It's a CBS show. If you want to correct me. Okay, great. Thank you. Back in just a minute with more on the advertising show. And now it's time for the wacky world of marketing. Wacky world of marketing. Here's your host. Our wacky update heads to Des Moines, Iowa, where AP reports a man has received a $500,000 federal grant to mass-produce his invention, a machine that removes the odor from hog manure. The Tempest Dryer, developed by Lauren Balvans, is designed to help solve water pollution, odor, and noxious gas problems in the hog industry. The process reduces the volume and weight of the manure, making for easy collection of the remaining solids, and removes water from the manure by spinning it at high speed. Company president Bill Flower says a farmer using the dryer each day could retain about 75% of the nutrients from hog manure. Since water is eliminated, farmers will no longer need long-term storage for liquid manure. The smaller quantities of solid left over after the tempest does its job and can be stored on the farm and applied to fields as fertilizer when needed. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Pee-wee Reese has a way with Dodger rookies or Sandlot youngsters. Pee-wee, you do a lot of work with boys. Not work, Al. I like baseball and kids. I enjoy helping teenagers start right. Oh, it's The Advertising Show. Ray Schillings, Brad Forsyth, back for one final segment with a guy who's been to Miami, Detroit, now in California, Outfox, the inside story of America's Force Television Network, his book, along with a global bestseller, The Legend of Bruce Lee. And what can I say except welcome back to the show, Alex Benblock. Thanks so much. And a new book coming up, and we'll keep you posted on uh, developments of that. You know, we talked a little bit about the Consumer Electronics Show. You brought up how Yahoo and Google uh, are uh, were big players this past year, a lot of spotlight, a lot of attention on them. Uh, in a related development, Alex, uh, Microsoft, I understand, plans to launch a new system for selling advertising alongside uh, search engine results. Uh, sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? It does. You know, Microsoft up to now has uh, used an outside vendor for their uh, what's called affinity advertising, where when you uh, make a choice in a search engine and you ask for something, not only do you get the results, but you also get a number of suggested advertiser-related possibilities of things you might want to do uh, or old transactions of some kind with. And so uh, this has turned out, as have search engines, to be much more important and much more lucrative than anybody imagined even a few years ago. And so Microsoft doesn't want to give that business away to other people. And, in fact, it's an affiliate of a competitor who's doing it for them at the moment. And so they're essentially bringing this service in-house, and then we'll also offer it to others. And uh, so they're, they're going to have a, a powerful new way to sell advertising through this uh, affinity-type advertising system that will show up around search engine results. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on them and uh, what kind of competition they I guess they would be creating for Google. Isn't that the uh, obvious competitor there? It is. Google clearly is doing the same kind of thing, and they are, are both competitors. And uh, one of the things that both of them are going to be getting into is delivering video through search engines. 
And the, there's a whole new pricing system coming up on the way that uh, people will pay for it. You'll pay for what you use in terms of the video. Uh, and, and unlike the text, a lot of this video will be charged for. And I think both of them see this as a very big revenue opportunity in the future, and they're both trying to position for it. Alex, what do we see uh, close to the future, something that we might want in our home uh, to better view this uh, wonderful uh, medium called television? I know well, you at the Consumer Electronics. Is, you know, Microsoft has a box. I, forget, I don't know the exact name, but for $200, uh, you plug it into your computer, and it transmits the signals that you downloaded onto the computer to the TV set in the living room. And then you have a receiver on that end. And so it allows you to begin to download movies or uh, music videos or games or other things and then be able to manipulate that material in your living room or watch it there as well. I'm always so amazed at so many of the things that we uh, use to watch television that uh, uh, you think they've invented everything and then they come out with something new. Uh, and I think, uh, as you talked about before, with respect to computers and uh, viewing things, uh, for instance, with, uh, with uh, I think you said Google, right? Is that what you were talking about before? Yeah, uh, Google is going to offer a video on demand. I think we're spoiled as a generation, and imagine, uh, uh, you know, both, uh, I, I don't know how old you are, but I know how old I am, and 51 I was born, and we've seen such a change in the uh, the uh, technology <laughs> over that period of time. Uh, I, I, what, do you, what do you see happening here in the next few uh, years down the road? Well, clearly choice and the ability to deliver more choice and convenience to consumers is what it's all about, and I don't think people can get too much choice. They do uh, want to limit those choices, but they want to make the choice of what, how they limit it. And I think what we're going to see is the personalization of television, that people are going to be able to create essentially their own network group, and it will be waiting for them at any given time. And that there will be menu systems that will allow you to sort through vast amounts of material, and that the delivery system will change so that you'll have many, many more choices in terms of what you can watch or do, interactive, both for advertising and for editorial content, uh, clearly, uh, it's a great age coming for the viewers, and it's got most of the industry in turmoil at the moment. Going back to the Super Bowl for a moment here, uh, you know, so many advertisers. The, the the talk is that they've pulled out of uh, you know they pulled out of the uh, uh, the mainstream advertising. For instance, you go to CNN now, and you see uh, just a bunch of stuff on there as far as advertising and so on and so forth. But one thing that will not change is the uh, incredible amount of power behind the advertising on the uh, Super Bowl. Is is that true? The Super Bowl is a great showcase, because not only is it one of the largest audiences of the year, but people are looking to see innovative advertising. So whereas normally they might get up and leave the room during the ad, sometimes they'll stay just to see what those ads are going to look like. And so it's a great time to launch major ad campaigns. It's a great time to improve your brand recognition. And there's a reason people pay over $2 million for a 30-second spot, because the value that it delivers in terms of building your company can be substantial. Uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, I know you have a, in Southern California. You actually are on the uh, national public uh, radio affiliate uh, KPCC. Right. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys get into on that show? Uh, we call it an independent look at the entertainment business. It's called Call Sheet, and there are three of us: Katie Harris, who's a Bloomberg contributor, former uh, editor at Fortune magazine; Brad Pomerantz, who used to be a lawyer at Paramount, and now is a. Uh, a very active anchor on television. He's on uh, CNN Headline News in the afternoon and does a lot of local stuff in Southern California. And uh, we weigh in and we take a little different view because we look at the public interest involved rather than just the commercial considerations, but whether or not the public is being well served by the FCC 
by the networks, by cable television, and whether it deals in things like a la carte programming uh, proposed in Congress is actually good or bad for consumers. So uh, it's kind of a unique point of view. What? Uh, let's give a little more plug to the show. It's KPCC-FM. It's uh, available on the Internet at kpcc.org. And then you have to go to the schedule and find call sheet on Wednesday afternoon, click on it, and you can listen to shows. So it's it's much like the advertising show. It's fun to, to see that you're reaching out to folks as well. And, and fortunately, we are out of time for this segment. As always, it's such a privilege to have you here, and we certainly do appreciate it, Alex. Well, my pleasure, guys, and uh, continued success to you. You're doing a great job. Back in just a minute on the advertising show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Once upon a time there was an engineer. Choo-choo Charlie was his name we hear. He had an engine and he sure had fun. He used good and plenty candy. It's The Advertising Show. Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth. Thanks again to our uh, one of our favorite uh, guests here on The Advertising Show, Alex Benblock. And uh, we hope to, to have him back soon as well. We'll talk more about the upcoming guest that we have. His name is Herschel. And he has three names, Herschel, <laughs> Gordon, Lewis. Now, that's asinine. What, to have three names? No, his book. Oh, that one, yeah. What's is that, that called? Is that, is that what it is? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> asinine advertising. Okay. <laughs> yeah, be well. He's here on the advertising show. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we'll get his idea of what he thinks asinine advertising is. And i got to tell you, he's got, he's, got some, uh, he's got some good stuff to share with our uh with our listeners, and I think uh, most of us know what asinine advertising is, right? Probably, yeah. It's yeah. easily identifiable. Right, but maybe uh, maybe if you know some advertisers that do asinine advertising, you might want to get them to tune in next week. And, uh, Buy the book. <laughs> and our buddy, uh, our buddy Herschel will put it on you. We'll call him Gordy. He'll hook okay. you up, bro. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King. Uh, it's a new uh, Stephen King book. Always good. Did he get hit by a car again? No, no. Oh, he's okay. He's apparently so. He wrote another book. Yeah. Uh, he does not like mobile phones, but it didn't stop uh, the uh, the publisher, Simon, Simon & Schuster, from launching an elaborate web and uh, SMS marketing campaign for Cell, a forthcoming book by Stephen King, hmm. in which mobile phone users are sent evil signals. Oh, that Seem, ought to be good. Seems obvious to me. Cell, C-E-L-L? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the campaign includes a number of components, including Stephen King ringtones, and uh, text promotion directing people to join the Stephen King VIP Club at sellthebook.com. And that's C-E-L-L, hmm. not sell, C-E-L-L-thebook.com. Right. You know, that's interesting. I, I thought it was a clever idea as you described that. I didn't know he had a book coming out. But, you know, I think Stephen King's made too much money as it is. No, he can make some more. That's you think? Fine. He yeah, owns gonna... Maine now, I think. That's fine. He can buy Ray and Brad, you know? He, yeah, I think he rents uh, George Bush's house to George. Mr. George Sr. Oh, does he really? I don't know. He owns the, most of the state of Maine, I think. You know, he's from up there. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's and he, got hit by a, he got hit by a car when he was jogging. I bet, I bet he thinks they were on a cell phone. You jog, Brad. Yes. Jogging, running. That's yes. interesting. Um, I used to run when I was younger. I jog. Now you jog. Yeah. yeah. I shuffle. Uh, <laughs> when I run... Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't run outdoors anymore because I have bad knees, bad uh, bad feet, uh, bad other parts that we won't go into because this the is bone. not the health show. Yeah. Um, but I used to run so I can see traffic coming 
Okay, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people yeah. who don't, and it's right. like, why would you do that? Uh, because you don't want to know when you get hit. I suppose that's about the stupidest thing. You got to go against the grain. Yeah, yeah. Because people may not see you. So. Exactly. At least so you can that, jump out of the way, or something like that. And I think you're right. Stephen King is an example of he was going with the traffic and got clobbered from behind. Yeah, that's a bad way to have it happen. Basically. Yeah, I, I mean, think getting you, hit by surprise is not good. And yeah, I think if somebody's, you know, running the wrong way, about every fourth or fifth person should be, you know, nicked a little bit just to straighten them up. Jeez. So they won't do that. <laughs> okay. That works. that works. Hey, real quickly, uh, I think we have time for this. Uh, listeners may not be familiar with what is a uh, dump uh, button. Uh, tell them what a dump button is before I read the story. Are you talking about the, uh, the stern dump? deal? The what now? Yeah, yeah, dump button, you know, in the radio business. Uh, when oh, you're when, in the you studio. Mute, when you mute the program content, if somebody's live and they say something you don't want to say, you simply turn off the mic like, and then they come back. You see. Right. Just and like the dump, that. And the, the dump button, uh, in this case, uh, Howard Stern has a dump button with his Sirius Satellite Radio program. He does? And Why would he yeah, want that? Well, it's, I'm going to get to that in a real qu- a quick second. Apparently, they had a segment where... Uh, Stern dumped part of a statement by Sal, the stockbroker, who's one of his characters on the show, that admitted that uh, he was doing so because uh, he felt that uh, what he was about to say was inappropriate. So he he dumped and uh, came back and, and said that, you know, we won't have that kind of thing. Now, we discussed a long time ago that when Howard... Uh, Stern went to to satellite that he would lose his edge because he wasn't breaking any rules anymore because there are no rules on satellite. But apparently, uh, he's creating his own rules, which I think is pretty smart for him to not just go crazy and you know cuss and and do everything and anything he always wanted to do. And right. and and I think it makes uh, makes more sense to do that because when there are no rules, then. You don't have people talking about did you hear what he did on the radio today? Because there's you know how are you going to top. Uh, you know, no rules and just, you know, let everything fly. So I think sure. uh, Howard must have been listening to us a year and a half ago commenting on that. Howard, you get free advice here on the advertising show. I think we need to start charging Howard. Five million a year, we need a piece of the pie, okay? Oh, that's true. That would be good. And uh, here's some Howard Sternish type music on uh, the advertising <laughs> show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. One more segment to go, and uh, we will plug in Andy Borowitz on the advertising show. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the advertising show. I'm Ewell Gibbons. Many consider me an expert on natural foods like cattails. Yes, they're edible. I look for natural ingredients in my food. That's why grape nuts is part of my breakfast. Yeah, I look for cattails in my food, and if they're there, I don't eat it. Okay, you'll learn a lesson there, pal. They're not as edible as you think they are, okay? No. You know, you may have never had any colon problems, but yeah. uh, other things, uh, whatever. You know, so. I can uh, flush all those uh, wonderful minerals and vitamins out of your system. You're eating those cattails. You know, roughage <laughs> is a good thing, but you can overdo that. Yeah, exactly. So I, he learned his lesson. That's fine. Yeah. But lived a long, healthy life uh, and had fleas, too, know as that. a matter of fact. No, we don't. We really don't. We only believe that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, be, before we get into this, this is interesting. This is uh, yeah. the, the thing with, with Oprah. And with uh, James uh, Fry's uh, exaggerated memoir, A Million Little uh, Pieces. Yeah, I heard about that. A commentary <laughs> in advertising age, uh, uh, Scott Donatin argues that Doubleday 
and the talk show icon Oprah Winfrey have broken their promises to loyal consumers by defending Fry's book. Uh, Donovan writes that these these brands are tarnished. Oprah is included, and they don't deserve any more of my time or my money. So by 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 not standing up for well, like the fact that he lied to them. Uh, uh, what Donatan is saying is that they've, they've tarnished the brand, the Oprah brand, well, the book club, and all that kind of stuff. What I'm curious is what in the hell is Donatan doing watching Oprah if he's not going to watch it anymore? Well, he takes a break and, uh, <laughs> and watches it in his office, unbeknownst to Rance Crane. So, well, But up until maybe, this point, nobody knew about that. So that's until fine. now, yeah. Exactly. Somebody call, uh, let's see, it's... Uh, you can find Rance Crane's email address in Advertising Age magazine, or you can find it online at adage.com. Send him a note. Yeah. Tell him you heard it here on the advertising show. Yeah, that would be good. That, that Donovan's, be- Donovan's at home watching Oprah. Now, he's not going to watch it anymore. <laughs> he probably won't. No, he said he's not going to do that. That's uh, here's some Here's some uh, uh, stuff that we had talked about before. You'll, you'll find this interesting, Brad. Hi. This is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from The Borowitz Report. Just hours after actress Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie announced that Ms. Jolie was pregnant with the couple's first child, People Magazine took the unprecedented step of naming the Pitt-Jolie offspring Sexiest Fetus Alive. According to People spokesperson Marla DeVicentis, the magazine's editors took the unusual step of putting a fetus on the cover after sneaking an early peek at Miss Jolie's ultrasound and pronouncing the unborn child uber hot. We took one look at that ultrasound and decided that quite simply we had never seen a sexier fetus. Ms. DeVicentis said, it's way hotter than Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes's fetus. It's certainly a lot taller, she added. Being named People's first ever sexiest fetus alive could prove a boon of publicity for Mr. Pitt and Miss Jolie's unborn progeny, especially if the mass of cells eventually decides to pursue an acting career. But according to Buddy Schlantz, a veteran talent agent and observer of the Hollywood scene, the sexiest fetus alive product could turn out to be less a blessing than a curse. Getting this kind of publicity while still in utero could mean this baby will never be taken seriously. That could hurt, especially if what the fetus really wants to do is direct. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from The Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to BorowitzReport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. Well, can you believe that? People Magazine, it sounds more like the National Enquirer. I can't believe they would say that. Yeah, or, or maybe the uh, medical, the JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association. That would be true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have something. I know why you had trouble. You talked about it uh, last hour with your Jeep, your yeah. Chrysler Jeep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody was at the Detroit Auto Show. That's well, the problem. They could have helped you, but they were at the Detroit Auto Show. I hadn't thought about that, but I think you're right. Okay, and they spent, uh, instead of getting you a new spare tire, they spent more than $200 million for all types of bling, including <laughs> flashing lights, foam mountains, and iPod giveaways. They could have at least given you an iPod or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. what, what they said, it's the North American International Auto Show Detroit. It's gone beyond the cars. It's a spectacle in and of itself. Well, it should be. Well, and there, that was Peter Hollingshead of Birmingham, a marketing executive for Jeep. So they took all that stuff and they put, instead of giving you a spare tire, they put it in the auto show. I just didn't want the rim. I don't even need the tire. I've still got, I got the tire. 
Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, just the rim. So that's you called for Peter, and Peter said, "Hey, I'm not in. I'm at the mm-hmm. Detroit Auto Show." No, with I'm Blake. calling for calling Jeff next time. Are you really, <laughs> Jeff? Uh, our former guest, Jeff Bell. We'll send him Vice a copy of the interview. Okay. Well, He'll well, enjoy. We're it. Gonna, yeah, maybe so. Hey, you know, uh, real quickly, I hope we have time to, to read this. Uh, yeah, New Orleans, excuse me. <clears throat> New Orleans Saints uh, recorded a PSA from their temporary uh, headquarters in San Antonio urging Americans to take steps to prepare for possible emergencies. The uh, head coach and, bo- and quarterback, Aaron Bra- uh, Brooks, as well as a couple wide receivers, discussed the devastation of the uh, hur- of Hurricane Katrina as a launching point to talk uh, about the uh, uh, potential emergency preparedness, hello, uh, preparedness would be something I need to do in rereading this before I read it the That's first fine. time. Uh, but apparently the uh, saints identify with uh, some of the more important steps that individuals and families should take to be prepared. Who is this PSA for? Well, it's for Homeland Security, Ray. Uh, they <laughs> okay. they have a website that they uh, drive people to that uh, to learn more about preparedness, and it's a BBDO New York uh, effort, pro bono effort. And, you know, I, I think I think it's a great idea to take, uh, you know, we've, we've often talked about celebrities and content and relevance to the advertiser, in this case a public service announcement, but there they take the uh, Katrina matter and bring it into the uh, Homeland Security and talk about preparedness. I think it's a great concept. I think so, too. Yeah. Your tax dollars at work, right? Well, yeah. You know, and by the way, the head coach uh, for the uh, New Orleans Saints, Jim Haslett, I think I should say former head coach, yeah, because right. I don't think he's there anymore. Okay. Where do you go? As of a few days ago. San Antonio? No. Well, that's where they based, you know, the Saints uh, this a, past season. Right. Quick story yeah, they about, probably left him there. Quick story about Homeland Security. They, those guys that wandered into Washington, D.C. in that little airplane and uh, mm-hmm. didn't get shot down. Yep. Apparently, when the Homeland Security helicopter approached them, uh, its radios weren't working. <laughs> and consequently, it had to go land and fix its radios not once but twice. And these poor guys are going... I think we're in a whole bunch of trouble, but nobody's, <laughs> we don't know nobody what. can hear us. Like, <laughs> oh. And these guys aren't dumb either. These were, they were just, they, you know, they made a mistake, obviously, wow. but, uh, but it was kind of funny. The radio and the helicopter wasn't working. Whoops. Wow. Herschel Gordon Lewis, author of Asinine Advertising, next week on the Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com, a big radio midgets production.